0: Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another Word for Today with Ray. And as usual, before we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, it is a joy and a privilege to sit before you and your Word, knowing that you desire for everyone who reads your Word to know about you, to know about your Son, Jesus, to know your ways and the ways that you want us to be in this world. I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you will guide us into all truth, Today and that you will help us to live according to your perfect plan in a way that's pleasing to you. And we'll give you thanks for this in Jesus' name. Amen. The title to today's lesson is, Why Transgress Mordecai? It's taken from the book of Esther, chapter 3 and verse 3. King Ahasuerus has promoted Haman the Agagite to a new position that is elevated above many of his princes. Because of this great honor, the king has commanded that all bow to Haman and be subject to him. However, there is one in the kingdom who will not bow no matter what the king has ordered, Mordecai. Because of his unwillingness to conform to the edict, In chapter 3, in verse 3, the king's servants have a question for Mordecai. We read, Then the king's servants, which were in the king's gate, said unto Mordecai, Why do you transgress the king's commandment? Our verse begins, Then the king's servants, which were in the king's gate, said unto Mordecai, We may note by this portion of the scripture that Mordecai did not sit at the king's gate alone. There were others with him, and these were also servants to the king. This becomes an interesting fact as we learn about the peer pressure to conform that must have been toward Mordecai. The verse continues, why do you transgress the king's commandment? The idea behind the word transgress is to pass over, cross, cross over, to march over or to go over as though ignoring. In other words, Mordecai acted as though the law was not ever established. He had such a disregard for the law of the king to bow before Haman that it was as if it had not even been there. The other servants, with an accusing tone and more of a statement question, asked him why he would not obey the king. The implication is that he should obey the king, but nonetheless their influence fell on deaf ears. In chapter 5 of the book of Acts of the Apostles in verses 27 through 29, we read of a similar law of man that was contrary to God's law. We read, And when they brought him, they set him before the council, and the high priest asked him, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostle answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. There is a time when submission to the law of God is greater Than the law of man. For Peter and the apostles, the presentation of the gospel was a higher law than man's law to stop speaking in Jesus' name. For Mordecai, the law of God, which said, You shall have no other gods before me, meant giving homage to any man would be a violation of that law. Mordecai stood firm, and even though he was being cajoled to conform, Mordecai was faithful to God. Are there areas within the law of man that we know that violate the law of God? Do we stand firm against them as Mordecai? Or do we conform to the outside influences? 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13 says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived which means there may be more and more opportunity to stand resolved to keep the law of God rather than the laws of man. As those days come, may we all be prepared to stand firm and make others wonder why we transgress the law like the apostles did, and so did Mordecai. Next time we will watch as Mordecai continues his position and reveals that he is a Jew.